Hey everybody, welcome to the Cripes Cast. I'm your host, Charlie Behrens. This is the podcast where we talk to people for and or from the Midwest, and we are sponsored by Jolly Good Soda, the best gosh darn soda around. And I'm not just saying that because they're a sponsor. I'm saying it because I've been putting that stuff in old-fashioned since I was six years old. And yes, I was making them at six years old. I was not drinking them then. That came at eight. Uh, so anyway, listen, uh, this week we, we've got a very cool episode. I'm talking with Samantha Longshore from Milwaukee Recycles, and we are talking all about an issue I'm very passionate about. Uh, it's recycling and and more broadly, just the environment. I, I feel like, you know, we got one planet and uh, we've been doing a pretty good job of uh, screwing the pooch with it. Uh, so, you know, it's and what, what I'm most interested in with the environment is how can everybody you know, there's so much that goes on with lobbying and, and politics, and there's so many big business interests historically that have gone into really a lot of our environmental degradation. And as just an average Joe who's not, you know, bribing politicians, it's tough to feel like you can do something. But recycling is something everybody can do. However, there are many articles out there and there are many people talking about the effectiveness of recycling and and how effective is it? Does it take uh, you know more greenhouse gases to recycle, for instance, than, than the benefit is worth? And also what stuff can actually be recycled? Like, you know, how many times have you flipped open a bottle of uh, soda, of course, but you're like the bottle cap, can that thing be recycled? You know, or what about the tops to your water bottles? Or what about uh, styrofoam? You always see some people try and uh, recycle styrofoam. You're like, that can't be recycled. Or can it? I don't know. Uh, Wrapping paper, you know, little envelopes, shredded paper, all these things um, that, you know, a lot of us are trying to do the right thing and recycling. But here's the kicker. If you recycle or try to recycle the wrong stuff, you can often do more damage than you are doing good by putting the stuff you're supposed to recycle in there because it gunks up the system. But that's a bigger question. What is the system and how does it work? Anyway, we're answering all these questions in this podcast. I thought it was absolutely fascinating. Um, I get a little, uh, I guess, I don't know. I like getting in the weeds on on this issue because I think it's it's very practical and I think there's so much confusion around it. So even understanding like those little recycling symbols on the back of your plastic container, what does that actually mean just because you see that recycling symbol does that mean it's recyclable and and which numbers do we get to put in the the standard recycling places you know and again we're gonna dive into all this the short answer is those things don't necessarily mean it's recyclable uh they may just be dictating uh what kind of plastic it is or what kind of resin Anyway, Samantha knows this stuff better than me, so I'm going to let her talk in a moment, uh, even though, cheese Louise Charlie, oh my gosh, three minutes you've been yip-yapping. Get get to the deal here. I want to thank everybody who came out to the Eau Claire shows. We had a ton of fun, even the game that we had on Sunday night, which, yes, it was during the Packers-Bears game. How could he schedule a gosh darn comedy show during the Packers-Bears game? I didn't. Uh, it was COVID's fault. We had to cancel the shows due to COVID last year, and then we actually rescheduled them a few different times. And then we, the last time we rescheduled them was before the Packers schedule came out. And unfortunately, the most important Packers game landed on that day. But, uh, you know, it was actually a lot of fun. Adam Gruel was there, uh, who 
you know, we did the album together, for those of you who don't know, and we perform live together a lot. And then my buddy Andy Rafi was there. He was the opener. Andy is a Bears fan. So every time the Bears scored, Andy would interrupt my show, come out on stage and update the audience. And it was beautiful. The audience booed him. I was actually worried for his safety. I, I thought, you know, um, especially in the first quarter. I mean, geez, we said that the audience was not not happy with Andy. It's a beautiful thing to watch. And then Adam would come on every time the Packers scored. Everyone loved him because he made the right choices, right life choices. So there you have it. Uh, anyway, Eau Claire, ton of fun. This week, we're going to Baltimore. The Packers are playing the Ravens in Baltimore. We got a show. Um, I believe there are still a couple tickets left if you happen to be in on the East Coast in that general area. I don't know how far Baltimore is from like D.C., but I when I lived in D.C., I, I think I remember it. I think it's about an hour away. So if you're in D.C., Baltimore, I don't know. New York, if you want to get on the train and waste an afternoon, come on down. See the show. It'll be a lot of fun. Oh, I see. We have about 20 tickets left to that show. So if you're interested, oh, cheapers, cripes, you better act real fast, real quick once. Also, we're doing a uh, thing on mandwalkman.com this week to help with the victims of the tornadoes in Tennessee and Kentucky. And if you buy a Watch Out for Deer koozie and bottle opener, uh, and by the way, watch out for deer, folks. You know what that means. It says that's the that's the best way to say I love you in the Midwest because we lack the emotional capacity to say I love you. But we do very much so love uh, everybody uh, down south, and, and we know they're going through a lot right now with those tornadoes. We've all experienced them up here, and, and uh, boy, they, they just had some bad ones down there. So if you do want to support, if you go to cripescast.com, we have the merch linked up there, and it's the Watch Out for Deer Keeper moving, koozie bottle opener bundle, 100% of those proceeds is going to go uh, to the victims of those tornadoes. Also, folks, don't forget to follow the Cast. That's at Cast Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We put videos up there and pictures and the whole deal. And thank you for rating the podcast and leaving a comment. Uh, actually, this week's episode topic was initially inspired by a fan who sent me a message that said, I don't get it. I don't know what I can recycle. And I was like, yeah, geez, Louise, honestly, I, I don't really know either. So uh, your comments really help direct the um, the direction. Direct the direction, Charlie, real good. Real good English you're doing there. Uh, no, but they help give us direction on the, the topics and the guests, and uh, we really appreciate that. So thank you all for listening, commenting, following. Appreciate you. Okie dokes. And with that, here is my conversation with Samantha Longshore of Milwaukee Recycles. Thanks so much for taking uh, time out of your day to do this. Absolutely. Thanks for thinking of us, thinking yeah. about recycling. Yeah, yeah. And why don't you just sort of um, start off and explain yeah, your role with recycling in Milwaukee, and we'll take it from there. Sure, absolutely. Um, so I'm Samantha Longshore. I'm the Resource Recovery Program Manager for the City of Milwaukee. Uh, so really, that's kind of a, a big, long title, um, meaning that I help with our programming anything where we divert from landfill. So education side, operation side. Um, and so one of the largest components of that is helping to oversee our residential recycling program. Got it. Okay. And so the reason like, you know, I've got an environmental uh, background, like when I was doing journalism more um, seriously, uh, not that it's not serious right now, folks. But when I was doing environmental issues more seriously, there was a, a question that always came up uh, and that was about recycling. And I've even gotten some comments from listeners about this too, uh, just randomly. 
in addition to that, I've found myself, even though I've considered myself somewhat educated on environmental issues, just straight up confused about what you can recycle. So I just wanted to uh, start with that to give people the most practical information off the top. Like, for instance, the top of a beer bottle. Can you recycle that or no? Um, so you're talking kind of like the the metal top. Yeah. On a glass bottle. Yeah. So that would be a no. That's um, a no. Okay. That's a no. And well, I guess this is the problem about recycling. It's like, well, not here, but if you did something else. Um, so that's a really good example. Um, glass and metal, different materials. So they have to be separated. Okay. Okay. So so this is, this is because isn't there the mixed use recycling? bins in milwaukee right there is and so here's the other the and but so the cap comes off the cap is so small that it doesn't make it through the system and it can't be captured so for example at our drop-off centers which dpw sanitation also manages we have scrap metal boxes and so if you have just metal pieces and so if you have something really small they could go there because it's source separated it's in a container it's going to make it but we say anything in your recycling cart it's got to be about the size of your fist otherwise it's too small it's not going to make it through the equipment and get it where we need to go really okay mm -hmm. all right mm -hmm. how about how about pizza boxes i feel like everybody asks about those yeah so pizza boxes are a yes but um so pizza boxes are okay but we don't want it with any grease any leftover crust, you should be eating that anyway. That's the best part. Um, you know, no cheese, that kind of thing. Um, so what you'll find on pizza boxes is that typically it's perforated. So you can yeah. rip the top from the bottom anyway. So the bottom is usually where all that grease is. Rip it apart, throw the bottom in your garbage, and put the top in your recycling. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because uh, I was going to say I've never met a pizza box without grease. If, if you did, I don't think yeah. you got a pizza. I don't know what you got. You got <laughs> Agreed. Someone a little too healthy for yourself. What about the tops of like a milk carton, for instance? If you screw it on, then it'll get through that little system. So should we keep those screwed on or not? The tops of uh, bottles and, and milk cartons and all those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so any of your plastic bottles, put that cap back on. And that's something that's kind of new before it was like caps off. And in the past few years, it's caps on. Um, so any plastic bottles, but also um, your cartons. So if you drink like an almond milk um, or some kind of beverage, you can actually put that plastic cap back on that paper carton too. So it's oh, kind of like can. the one thing that doesn't fall in the rule. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that paper carton is recyclable. It is. Yep. Yep. In the city okay. of Milwaukee. Yeah, any cartons that come out of your fridge, that come out of your pantry, those are okay. The only cartons that aren't are going to be your frozen materials because they kind of have that waxy coating on the inside um, to kind of help against freezer burn. And so those can't. But out of the fridge, out of the pantry, recycle those. Okay. It's already getting getting confusing, though, isn't it? And, but, but, you know, so it is very confusing. I mean, we're getting some of these, like, more common ones out of the way. Are there any other common things that people don't know you can recycle that you can or they try to recycle and you can't? Yeah, there's actually a lot. And I, I kind of take it back to basics because um, I, I was in the same place. Like I was a sustainability consultant for eight years prior to this job. And so I thought same thing, too. Like, I get it. I know how to recycle. And I wish a, a, a wish cycler. So it's like that person that goes like, I think this is OK. So yeah. I'm throw it in because that feels better to my heart. Um, and then you find out that that's the worst thing to do. Um, so we oh, always really? say, you know, before any, yeah, it's, um, 
And that's so, kind of why, you know, when we had commingled recycling, everyone, everything went together. It was a lot of like, I think this works. I'm going to throw it in, but I don't really know for certain. And that's why there's a lot of contamination, you know, um, not just we've, you know, we have some in our city. We're actually, you know, doing pretty well. Recycling is like in our blood, right? In Wisconsin, it's been around since 1990. Um, but that's where a lot of it comes from. It's trying to do good and wanting to recycle a lot and accidentally throwing the wrong things and making those assumptions. So like the biggest lesson that we teach is know before you throw, when in doubt, throw it out. So it's like, check the guide, go to milwaukeerecycles.com. And if you don't know, like if you can't find the answer, reach out to us, throw it in the garbage. Cause there's probably a reason that you're not sure. There's something goofy about it. And you're probably right. Okay. So, but what is the problem because you're putting all these mixed recycling uh, deals in through the through your system, you're putting all the mixed recycling through your system. But what happens when, uh, like, you put plastic bags in, which can't be recycled unless it's single source, and you take them to the grocery store or something? But honestly, yep. here in the Midwest, most people just put their bags in their bags in their bags and keep them under the sink uh, until they die. So right. <laughs> uh, you know. But what happens if we put something that can't be recycled in the mixed recycling? Does that just screw the screw the pooch for the whole deal or, or what what happens? There's a couple different issues that can happen. So the first one, if it gets into the system, so like the plastic bags or the plastic film, um, we have equipment. And, and what is kind of interesting, and I encourage people to go, you know, try to get a tour of the MRF and see how it works. Um, and MRF is material re uh, recycling facility. Um, or material recovery facility. Um, it's a lot of equipment that does the sorting. And so the great innovation that helped um, separate containers from your paper and your cardboard are these spinning rods with discs. And all the paper is flat and it rides up and over and containers fall down. But when you have that film, those plastic bags, they wrap around all, all these moving parts and it makes the system kind of incapable of sorting to the best of its ability. So you have to shut the whole place down and cut this stuff out. So it's really bad just for downtime um, in the facility. You know, it's and it's not super safe for people to get in there and have it to be climbing and cutting it out. So it can cause a lot of downtime and inefficiencies, but also if it makes it through the system, if we don't catch it in quality control and it gets into those bales, those mills that are taking our material might downgrade that material. So the price is going down for us. Um, and, you know, can kind of hurt our relationship, which is, you know, really important. And the third one, you know, maybe it doesn't get stuck. Maybe it's not in the finished product, but it goes through, you know, with the rest of what we call residue. So it's all the stuff that we get that isn't recyclable. We not only pay for it to come into the facility through a tipping fee, we pay for it again when we landfill. Um, and that's why wish cycling is, is really detrimental too. It's like you pay for it to process on its way in and then you pay again for the landfill. So it's just kind of detrimental to like the health of the system. And who is, uh, buying these materials? Because uh, let me say this, you see a lot of anti-recycling stuff out there where they say, basically all this stuff you think you're recycling is just being sold to China. Who's just burning it. That's like one of the myths. And Honestly, in some cases, that's true, too. So, well, you tell me. I'm, I'm here to interview you. I've just uh, done a little bit of research on it. But is that true? Where does this stuff go after it leaves your facility? Yeah. And I think, you know, being in the Midwest, um, you know, great in itself. But like another benefit for that is that 
we have a lot of, um, so recycling mills, so places that are going to take the material, prep it for somebody who's going to turn it into a new product. Um, we work with a lot of domestic mills, you know, a lot that are even in the Midwest. Um, but we have those relationships. So because we're not on the coast, um, we weren't exporting our material internationally. Like it was all staying domestic. Um, so when, you know, the international markets kind of cut us off and said, hey, this is too dirty. You know, there's too much, you know, unaccepted material here. We don't want it. Everyone had to come back home and try to find space in those mills. So we were really lucky because we already had those relationships with mills that are in the United States. So for us, um, we, we kind of already had those relationships. Our material stayed right where it was. Um, but a big thing in the city of Milwaukee is that if it's on that recycled list, we are making sure that we have markets and we have people who want that material and it's getting recycled. So that's why our list can be a little different, um, especially on the plastics. You know, we take a number one, a number two, and a number five, and that's it. We don't take any of the other plastics because they're sometimes you can't find a place to move it and people don't want it. So we say, we are going to tell you that we accept what we know that we can get recycled because that really does matter to us too. Like it's important that people have confidence, right? Okay, so a one, a two, and a five. Now, like, <clears throat> why not? Like, who decided to come up with those numbers on? And why is it so convoluted? Like, why put another number on it if if you can't even recycle it in most places? And who decided to put these numbers on the plastic too? Who is involved in that whole decision making? Because I feel like. My hunch is that people put those numbers on to make you feel better about buying that product, knowing full well it's never going to be recycled. Is is there any accuracy to that? There is. And what's kind of difficult about that is like the chasing, you know, triangle of arrows that you see that we think, okay, that means it's recyclable. Um, on plastics, that's a symbol where they just put in the resin code. So those numbers are simply, and the, you know, that little triangle is telling you what kind of resin that material is made out of. So it, it has really nothing to do with recycled content or if it is recyclable. And then you see the same arrows. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, those arrows, the same sort of recycling arrows, that's yeah. not an accident, though. Someone knew what they were doing, don't you think? I don't know at what point we decided that we were going to use it for has recycled content or is recyclable or is strictly a resin code. But we use it for so many things. And that's confusing. So yeah. who, who started first and who used it and co-opted is tough to say. <laughs> well, <clears throat> so now, and, and by the way, we are just talking about Milwaukee. So is this different for Waukesha? Is it different for Cincinnati? Or is what is happening in Milwaukee fairly standard for p listeners who are outside of Milwaukee? Or is this is this pretty standard or is it just Milwaukee? It's so in the city of Milwaukee, um, the city serves all the one to four unit households. And it's the same for Waukesha County, um, who we jointly own our recycling facility with. Um, we're also taking Wauwatosa, their materials right now. So we're all the same. But even in the city of Milwaukee, if you live like in an apartment complex um, with five or more, you have a business, you probably have a private hauler, like a waste management um, or a GFL. And they, their list might be a little bit different. And again, really, it's it's just on the plastics. Um, but most of the materials are the same. But it's we always say like it's really important to check your local guide to know because things can be a little bit different. A lot of the basics were the same. Actually, just came off of a 
kind of a state meeting that we have every year and everyone's got like the same issues, but the same joys too. Um, but there can be little differences. So it's important to know who's taking your stuff and, and what's their list. Okay. Well, let's say for the purposes of this conversation, can we just pick the most common things that people say like that you can for sure in 99% facilities recycle, what would be those things? Absolutely. So it's really, it's, think about your containers. It's like your consumable items. Um, so paper products, like not your tissue papers, not your toilet paper, just your, your office paper, your junk mail, throw it right in. Even if it has that little plastic envelope, your newspapers, magazines, if you still get them, your cardboard boxes, but you got to break them down. They got to be flattened <laughs> to help our trucks. They're really filling up, especially right now at holiday time. Uh, you need that flattened cardboard. But otherwise, it's, um, you know, again, for us, your plastic one, two, five bottles um, and containers, your glass jars, your glass bottles, your aluminum cans, your tin cans, like your soup. Um, those are all recyclable. So it's really like think about what is your coming in. Um, I really say like your consumables. Um, okay. Any of your containers, your plastic, your boxes. So paper plates. What about your paper cups? Like paper plates if they don't have grease or anything on. How about like coffee cups? Yeah. So actually paper plates would be a no. No. Okay. So now I'm <laughs> yeah. confused again. Why not? Because that feels like the same paper that you would, that feels right. like an envelope. An um, uh, Like right. one of those harder envelopes. It feels very similar. So why not right. a paper plate? Yeah. And it's strictly like the way that it's produced. Um, and we might change up our list next year um, to include some different things. Uh, so maybe we can talk about that when when that goes live. But for now, it's it's more about, um, so like on those plates and those cups, you have like that waxy coating that sort of meant that the food cannot seep through. And it's that waxy coating that stops things like your paper plates, your paper cups from being recyclable with just like an office paper. But those that same film is on like you mentioned uh, the almond milk or probably for more of these listeners, the milk cartons. You know? uh, but those also have that plastic film on them, do they not? Right. So that right. So some of the cartons do have um, also like a certain waxy coating on it. Um, and those the cartons are going into a different bale and they get sorted together because they have that 3D shape. Um, so that's kind of another trick. So all of the containers, uh, because of that 3D shape, are able to sort to where they need to go. Whereas like a paper plate is flattened. So it's something that's not taken in that bale um, that the mills are looking for. And so because of that shape, like if it's flatter, if it's 3D actually um, helps decide like how it's getting sorted through the facility with that equipment. So now we are supposed to break down boxes. We're not supposed to break down um, all, like um, almond milk cartons right. or milk mm -hmm. cartons. Yeah, yeah. Any of your containers, you want to keep them in like a normal shape. And we try to, you know, on our recycling guide um, that you can find online, typically we like to give a couple little examples like your containers, empty, clean, dry, cap on, box, break it down. Um, just to, to kind of let people know what that shape should look like. Um, but really the boxes, because it's all about um, the trucks kind of filling up so we can move material back in a truck, but we can't compress them. And so those boxes really take up a lot of space. OK, so, I mean, 
that this a lot of information and most people are doing this wrong i'm just gonna prob like i would if i'm doing i've been doing it very wrong i've been breaking down those milk cartons and everything and um and i've been uh you know, I, I and I've been throwing the bottle caps in and everything. So I feel like if I'm doing it wrong, where I've like kind of tried to research this stuff, I feel like everyone's doing it wrong. And you have all these trucks, right? And that those have a carbon footprint that are moving the stuff. And then you have the facilities, which take up a lot of energy. And that's so when you have all this energy being used to recycle stuff and it's all oftentimes being done wrong. Is there any validity to the argument that it takes more energy to try and recycle and it's not worth it? I think it's, I would say no. I think it's okay. absolutely worth it. So our, you know, our contamination mm -hmm. rate, while we are getting, you know, materials that we can't recycle, it is the minority of that material. So if you think about, and again, let's see, so this year, I think we're on track to recycle. And again, just from like one to four, um, unit households in the city, it's like 181,000 households. It's 52 million pounds of recycling. Oh yeah. That's um, very significant. It's, it's huge. And, um, you know, if you look at our facility, it's, um, it's great. So if you jump on the river, you know, this is perfect. You can kind of go by and see the facility. It's right by Potawatomi in between there and 94. Yeah. Um, so if you're on the river, like if you're canoeing, you can see all that material and it just gives you a sense of how much stuff we produce. Um, so we always say like, you should reduce first, you know, like if you don't have to use something, don't do it. That's the best, but recycling, we're keeping it out of the landfill. So we're stopping us from, you know, taking more of our natural spaces to fill it with trash. Um, you're stopping emissions. So all of that material that's not getting recycled, that's just being put into the ground is creating greenhouse gases. Can um, we, can we go so into that? Uh, quickly, yeah. because I feel like people don't understand this either about the landfills. They're like, oh, well, it's just going to sit there. What's the big deal? You know, it's it's we got space, but it's it's the greenhouse gas emissions from those landfills that most people don't understand that that's a thing. Could you explain that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and that comes from a lot of different things. So, you know, our food waste and, you know, if it goes there and, you know, instead of composting, like in our backyards, um, same thing with all of our materials. Um, so when they sit, you know, in a landfill, they don't get any air. Um, and so as those are breaking down, um, those landfills are emitting greenhouse gases, um, which, you know, uh, most of us agree is contributing to climate change. So not only is it, you know, are we taking away natural spaces, we're getting rid of trees, you know, which are kind of helping us um, to process some of that and create oxygen um, we're producing greenhouse gases from those materials that are sitting in the ground um, and some of it really, really slowly decomposing. Um, and really, there isn't a whole lot of decomposing that does happen. There's some really good pictures of like a 25-year-old carrot that sat in the ground. And we think like that'll decompose, but without that oxygen, it can't. And it just sits there forever and kind of releases those emissions. Um, so that's that's why we get some detriment to just throwing stuff in the ground instead of giving it another life. Hmm. Okay. So, so the case for recycling is you absolutely should do it. Um, absolutely. but is there any, um, discussion about maybe making it more standardized across the U S and uh, making the consumer aware, like if they buy something and it says recyclable, you're thinking, Oh, it's recyclable. 
you know, but if it's not recyclable, even though it has a little symbol, like people probably aren't going to remember one, two, five, you know, I mean, they may if we say it enough, um, but they might be like, you know, your average person's just going to see that symbol and think it's recyclable and not think anything of it. Is there a way to uh, or a movement to like standardize like this is actually recyclable? This isn't because that would influence the consumer choices when you're at the grocery store or something like that. Yeah, I think you're starting to see some of that legislation going through the states specifically. Um, nothing necessarily right now in Wisconsin, but you're seeing um, more labeling bills coming out to kind of fight greenwashing. Um because again, you'll see it. And I get the same thing. You know, we get like f- flexible tubes of lotion and they're like, this is recyclable, like maybe in California, but not here, you know, or maybe through a return program, but not in curbside. So that's misleading for people. Um, so you are kind of starting to see that movement and trying to make sure that manufacturers are more responsible with the way that they label. Um, but that's that's kind of where it is now. So sort of like individual act moving in that direction. But we work a lot in Wisconsin. Um, I think you reached out to the American Associated Recyclers of Wisconsin. So we all get together a lot to kind of make sure that, you know, we're using similar guides where we can, you know, and everyone's a little bit different in their different facilities, but um, where we have those common messages, we try to do a lot of education on things that everyone agrees on and that are the same. So that, you know, when you're talking to your mom, talking to your cousin, you know, your best friend, wherever they are in the state, um, that there are things that are similar, you know, and that no, you don't have to check, you know, depending on the neighborhood where you're at, what it's different and what is the same. What do you um, think? First of all, in Wisconsin, for instance, is there any pushback in Madison with uh, certain political groups about increasing recycling or decreasing it? Are there any initiatives currently um, in talks that uh, need help being pushed through that you think would uh, help this process significantly? Yeah, um, no legislation moving through right now, um, but you're seeing a lot of work um, in our state, you know, different municipalities trying to increase the capacity of recycling. Um, so Kenosha and Sheboygan, they just switched to a carded service. So I think they were just doing um, bags of recycling and then those were being emptied. And that really helps people have more capacity in places to put the recycling. They're going to recycle more because they've got space between pickups. Um, so that's kind of a big effort. And then in the city of Milwaukee, this June, we actually implemented every other week recycling, um, really that we, um, kind of a spring through fall, you know, winter can get a little tricky because the same truck that's picking up your recycling, the same, you know, team member that's doing that might be plowing the next day. Um, so it gets a little tricky in the winter, but, um, we used to have five different recycling schedules and most of the city was getting their recycling picked up every three weeks. And so we just had um, over a million dollars in grant funding that we implemented in June to move to every other week. And that's again, because we know that people want recycling and we we want to get there and pick it up more. So that's been just a huge increase um, for us. And we're kind of seeing compared to kind of like pre-COVID years that we're recycling about 9% more. Um, so again, it's it just kind of shows like if people have the capacity, you know, if there's more space for them, if we can clear it out and give them room that that there is more recycling out there. So everyone's kind of looking for that grant funding and just looking at how they can improve, you know, their current operations too to get out there and um, get more of that material and increase recycling. Okay. Okay, cool. 
Oh, folks, excuse the interruption, but I want to shout out our sponsors for the podcast. I told you at the top of the show, and I'm telling you again, get yourself some jolly good soda. If you're in Wisconsin, you can get it at any of the grocery stores. If you're not, you can get it at jollygoodsoda.com. They also got merch up there and a bunch of other stuff would make great gifts for Christmas. Also, I want to shout out Duluth Trading Company. Hey, winter is coming up. Are you prepared for the elements? You know that you got to layer in winter in the Midwest, and Duluth's got all your layers. They've got the Alaskan hard gear for your outer shells, okay? That, that's top of the line uh, outdoor equipment right there. And then, of course, they've got, got all the fashionable uh, Duluth Trading uh, signature series, you know, with, with their, their crouch gusset uh, pants or whatnot, you know, that allow you to like work and look fashionable at the same time and, and a whole host of other stuff. Get them, find it over there at DuluthTrading.com. And finally, if you're looking for gifts for Christmas, head on over to CripesCast.com. We got a merch section with a bunch of Midwest stuff. Uh, Ope shirts, keeper moving shirts, keeper moving koozies, watch out for deer koozies, keeper moving bottle openers. We got watch out for reindeer shirts, Ope Christmas tree. We got a bunch of great stuff. Cribbage boards. I could keep going, or you could just go to cripescast.com, see for yourself. Okie dokes, back to the pod. I want to do like a quick little like game thing and we'll see if it works, but I, I'm going to give you an item and we've already mentioned some of these, but um, uh, basically I give you an item and you say, yeah, no, or no. Yeah. Okay. okay. So for whether it can be recycled or not and okay. uh, you know, okay. So beer bottles. Uh, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got it. Got it. Okay. Get a couple <laughs> easy ones out there first. Uh, milk cartons. Uh, no. Yeah. The pop top. Yeah, no. Oh, bummer. Okay. Uh the the little tops to your uh water bottles. Yeah, no. But unless you put it you got to put it on the bottle. If you screw it on the and bottle, then you're good. Then it then you're good. Okay. And then you're good. then it's no yeah. Okay. All right, real good. Pizza boxes. No, yeah. Okay. But just the top of the pizza box. Just just the top. Yeah. Okay. All right. Unless that's greasy, too, because you got one of them deep dish style stuff that stuck to the top of the box. OK, let's see here. Uh, oh, tin foil. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. OK. Now. Big as your fist. Big as your fist. So it, but if it's a flat sheet, don't don't put it in as a flat sheet. You got to crumple it up. So it's as big. As, so if some if you have a little ball of tin foil, you're better off putting that aside until you get more tin foil to make yeah. a bigger ball. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay, real good. And, and the reason we want it bigger than your fist is so it doesn't fall through the cracks, quite literally. Exactly. Yep, yep. Okie dokes. Envelopes with the little plastic things so you can see the the address on the inside of the letter. No, yeah. Good okay. to go, just like that. Don't rip it in half. If it doesn't have your credit card number in it, just like chuck it right into the bin and it's going to help because it's a bigger size. Okay, so shredded paper. Uh, yeah, no. N- yeah, no, for shredded paper. Okay, so it, any paper you're shredding, you might as well just use it to start fire. We say you can you can put it in a plastic bag and give it like one staple and put it through. But if it's little, it just rains all over the facility. <laughs> okay, well, wait, wait, wait. A plastic bag? You would put that in a plastic bag or a paper, paper bag? bag? Paper Sorry, bag. Paper bag. Okay, so plastic pe- bags, no, and never. Okay, <laughs> plastic bags. Uh, yeah, no. Okay, 
All right. Take those to the store. Take those to the store. Okay. So, or, or just keep them underneath your sink, you know, and, and yeah. yeah, that way you can use them for dog poop or, or, you know, if you got to winterize your boots to keep your little piggies warm, you know? Oh yeah. And, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, any other big ones that are, that I forgot that are commonly, mi- uh, common misconception. Sure. Um, holiday lights. Yeah, okay. no. Okay, I, I'll give it to you so we get the, okay, the video portion. <laughs> uh, you, your your holiday lights. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Huh? Light bulbs. Yeah, no. Okay, dogs. Oh, wrapping paper. Yeah, maybe. If it's glittery, if it's foil, shiny, yeah, no. Okay, if what it's if it's... your run-of-the-mill, normal matte paper... Recycle it. Okay, dogs. But when in doubt, just wrap that sucker up with newspaper. Then it's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then it's the for comment. sure good to go. Buy okay. a newspaper. Why not? <laughs> and if you have little scraps of paper, it's best to put them all in a paper uh, bag and give it one staple on the top and toss the whole bag in there. Mm-hmm. Or keep an envelope and shove shove your little receipts in a bigger envelope and then chuck it in. Okay. Or your post-it. Stick them in a bigger envelope, send it on. Golf balls. Yeah, no. Do you get a we lot of golf balls? All day. Yeah. <laughs> I, we have a two-story recycling facility, so sometimes people try to recycle golf balls, and they'll just shoot at us while we're testing all day, <laughs> which is wrong. Very funny, but wrong. <laughs> what about batteries? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Well, are, can you do anything with batteries can you do anything you can't put them in your standard recycle but all those double a's the nine volts can you can do anything with them or no yeah so all of your like your standard single-use battery you can put them in the trash um otherwise most importantly for your rechargeable batteries um you need to take them back through a take back program and so there's you know kind of like batteries plus um, we'll have them there, some retail locations to take them. Or if you have electronics, um, again, those one to four unit residences in the city, you can bring them to a drop-off center. Uh, those rechargeable batteries cause a lot of fires in our trucks and in our recycling facility. So you remember okay. the stories where like all the phones were blowing up on airplanes? Yeah, yeah. That's what happens in our trucks and in our facility. Oh, geez. Okay, the and then, then that burns the whole truck and then you're not recycling anything. Mm-hmm. Um Coffee cups. Uh, yeah, no. Okay. Like a plastic uh, covering for something, like a, a cellophane wrap or something like that. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Take that to the store. Okay. Gum wrappers. Yeah, no. No. Too Even, little. But if you put them in a bag, they still could go or no? No. No. They're kind of like a tin, like a, well, they've got like the tin outsiding and the paper inside. It's another example, like if there's two different materials and they're really stuck together, not a not a good recyclable candidate. Got it. Anything like else? Pringles can. Oh, Pringles can. Yeah, no. Oh, geez. <laughs> you know, better to just turn them into a puck call, you know? Into a what? <clears throat> better to just turn those into a buck call. You ever uh, do that? I know. <laughs> Make a buck call out of a Pringles can? Oh, it's a great science oh. project. Yeah, it's really good. Deer I can't. Carcass is another question deer carcass someone's tried to recycle a deer carcass every year we just not so much not so much in milwaukee our friends uh up north deer carcasses all the time wow 
That's that is actually we're now changing directions. What are the <laughs> weirdest things people have tried to recycle? Uh, not at our facility, uh, but another one found out that a skinned bear paw looks a lot like a human hand. Oh, <laughs> so you thought you had a, a live one in there for a second, huh? Mm-hmm. So, Shut it down. Make yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. you yeah. almost had to call uh, the homicide division. Yeah. I think don't get a lot of deer carcasses, a lot of bear paws in Milwaukee. Uh, but I did one time find an entire potted plant in a plastic bag. So nothing right about that. Uh, but no. I, I pulled him out and I repotted him and named him Merv. He's doing oh, good. Good. Merv's doing good these days. Yeah. Well, yeah. T- tell Merv I says hi. Okay. Oh, will do. Yeah. Anything weirder than deer carcasses? Boy, that's pretty good. Between the golf balls and the the potted plants and the deer carcasses, that's that's up there. No yeah. more bowling balls. Oh Please. yeah, bowling that's balls. Rough. You can't do nothing with a bowling yeah, ball. No. Yeah, yeah no. no. You might as well plant little somethings in the fingernails, the finger holes, and see what happens. You know. I like that. Put her yeah. in the garden. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> And uh, we should also talk about um, just food waste real quick. A lot of people, you know, throw out their food. Uh, Obviously, the best thing to do is to take it out and compost it or throw it in your garden or whatever. That way it doesn't end up in the landfills. But what about garbage disposals? Yeah. So in the city of Milwaukee, um, a lot of us probably do have garbage disposals or um, it could be you know, a little labor and and some cost to put it in if you don't. Um, But using our sewer system, uh, all of that food waste goes to uh, the Milwaukee Metropolitan Sewerage District, and they turn it into a fertilizer and also produce energy from it. Oh, malorganite, right? Yeah, that's what you smell when you go over the home. Yeah, smells great. (laughs) You're driving over the home bridge, and and whoever you're with, if they're new to Milwaukee, they look at you like, really? You're going to let that fly with the windows up? But then you're like, no, it's it's the facility. It's making the finest fertilizer in all the land. Now, (laughs) is that the case everywhere you go uh, with, with a garbage disposal? Does it always go into that sort of a facility and it's reused like that? It might be different if you like, you know, maybe if you're out in the country and you're not connected to um, a sewer system. So it might be a little bit different. Like you might have a container, but here, since we're all connected to that sewer system, um, that's where we're going for us. Cool. And most of Milwaukee County. Got it. Got it. And if if people want to get involved with uh, this process, how how could they do that? Are there volunteer opportunities? Are there jobs that you have available? Oh, man, if you can drive a truck, if you want to plow some snow, <laughs> we've got jobs for you. Um, yeah, so you can find you know information about our programs um, at MilwaukeeRecycles.com. Um, you can also take a look at the City of Milwaukee website. Um, if you want to you know join our group, um, Department of Public Works, it's, it's a, a big group, so there are a lot of opportunities to kind of join in on these programs. Uh, it's kind of a big family, uh, you know, especially during snow. It's it's cool to watch everyone jump off their normal jobs and whatever day, whatever time um, to help kind of clear those streets for people. That's pretty cool. And then get back to their <laughs> day job as well. So it's a cool place to be. It's awesome. Is there anything that I didn't ask that you think was a missed opportunity here? Something that um, very common misconception that we didn't touch on? 
Sure. I'd say um, a big one is that, you know, your garbage should be bagged. That helps make sure it's not being littered when it's taken to the landfill, but you're recycling. Keep it loose. Don't bag that recycling. Dump it right into the cart. Uh, that's when it shows up at the recycling facility. It's ready to get sorted right away. So keep that recycling loose in the cart. So if if in your kitchen you got the recycling um, deal and you've got a bag in there, bagging it up is a no-go. So just empty the bag right in there and then just let it yeah. save the yep. bag for another day. Exactly. Yeah, that's what we do. Like line your garbage can, take that bag, empty it, and put that bag right back in. And if you can keep reusing that bag and it doesn't get super stinky, you know you're doing a really good job rinsing your containers too. Oh, yeah. That's another thing. And I'll confess, I'm really bad at that part. How important is it to rinse the containers? It's really important um, for a couple reasons. Number one, the rats love the food. So for me, <laughs> less food waste, uh, less beverage waste that you're selling in your carts uh, is great for keeping those guys away. Um, but you know, if some of that stuff spills out, like if you've got food waste, if you've got, you know, some pop left in, you know, your can and it spills out on paper, it can disintegrate it. It doesn't, um, you know, get sorted. Um, but in addition to that, we, you know, have equipment that sorts our plastics from, um, one another. So we have a machine that looks for number one, another one that looks for number two and one that looks for number five. And it actually uses a laser. So it shines a beam of light at that material and it helps it tell what kind of resin it is. So if it's full of mayonnaise, mm. you know, we get, we get that a lot, um, you know, a lot of peanut butter, it can't read that material well and it won't fire on it. And so it'll leave as trash. So it's important for that, you know, bottle to be clean so that that laser goes, oh, I see that's a number one plastic or a number two or a number five, and then it'll sort it well. For cans. Uh, it do you, a lot of people crush their cans. That's no, no, don't, don't crush do it. Them. Yeah. And we used to do that when we were little too, right? Everyone's got the can crusher in the garage. Here's the deal. If you take your cans into a recycler on your own, you know, like get some money back because aluminum is really valuable. Go ahead and crush all you want because it's already together. It's sorted and you're taking it in. But when you're putting it in that cart with all the other materials, those cans are too small and we can lose them. So we're going to do some new installs next year to, to help us capture some of those cans that are too small. But I know it's really hard not to hockey puck that can, but if it's going in the recycling cart, you gotta, gotta leave it full size. It's really helpful. Got it. Cause if you crush it, is that can probably not going to be used? It's just, it's probably going to fall through the system. Oh, so cause it's, it's that we, fist. We're going to find it on the yeah. ground. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when when you go through the ground, does all that stuff just go into the landfill then? Or because that's a ton of stuff or does anyone sort through the ground? Yeah, typically it's all getting swept up. That's where we find like the the bottle caps that weren't on the bottles, the shredded paper, the golf balls. Um, Yeah, all the weird small little stuff that comes in tends to fall on the ground. So we'll sweep that up. Well, this has been uh, very helpful. And and is there anything else that uh, we should mention? Yeah, I think that's good. You know, I just, I tell everybody too, it's, um, I don't know, you, you kind of feel like sometimes our problems are really big and there's nothing that we can do. And I just tell everybody, you know, vote with your ballot, vote with your money. If you don't like that something's not recyclable, don't buy it or tell the manufacturer, right? Because I don't know what we want and what we buy matters mm-hmm. and changes, you know, what manufacturers are going to create or what sort of rules or things that we're going to care about. So you know, 
no action is too small. It, it all adds up. So oh, this has been fascinating. Thank you so much for answering all these questions. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll do a, a tour of the facility at some point and, uh, you know, give everyone that visual sense of what's going on, because I, I think that could really help, you know, instill it as opposed to just being like, oh, I can't remember it. But, you know, if you see it, you know, it's it's a little bit more intuitive. So, yeah, it's awesome. very cool. We, we'd love to have you. There's some cool stuff in there. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, keep her moving and watch out for deer. OK, especially in your uh, waste facility. Yeah, I appreciate that. All right. Sounds good. We'll talk soon. Bye. Thanks. Bye bye. And that is it for this week's episode of the Cast. Make sure you follow the work Samantha's doing over at Milwaukee Recycles. That's at Milwaukee Recycles and at Milwaukee DPW. If you're looking for a job, if you're looking to volunteer, head on over there. Check it out. If you're looking like for more specifics on what to recycle, check them out. They got a lot of great info over there. It's, it's a little different on Twitter. It's at MKE Recycles and at Milwaukee DPW. Also, if you want that recycling guide, just go to milwaukee.gov backslash recycle guide. And of course, you can also follow the Cast at Cast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Come on out to one of the shows. We'll see you there. We got uh, uh, tour dates linked up on cripescast.com. Until then, everyone, keep her moving. Tell your folks I says hi, and watch out for deer. Okay, real good. Bye-bye now. So roll out the barrel and get the band brewing. Life's got you down, just keep her moving. It's on Wisconsin, the Badgers say it's the old Wisconsin Jubilee. You know, sometimes when you're ice fishing, you put your foot in the walleye hole and go ass over tea kettle and you think you're done. No, you gotta keep her moving. <laughs>